welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I am Simone de Rochefort, and I am so glad to be here with Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat. How are you having a good day, Brianna? I'm I'm very very upset. I've You've... I've been at I've been at Disney World for two weeks, and That's true. I just got home, and it's not Disney World. It's like, <laughs> why is my stupid company based in Boston and not at the Magic Kingdom? <laughs> How like, is Boston? Is it still like buried no, it's in miserable. snow? Like I get off the plane, it's twenty degrees. It's like, what? why do I live here? I understand firsthand why the pilgrims froze to death. Every day, <laughs> I'm thinking about the pilgrims freezing to death. It's it's, it's not. A I good can't place believe to live. it's yeah. still under snow there. I was there like three weeks ago, and there's still the weather is still the same. I yeah. expect weather to change as soon as, like, on, on a dime. It's terrible. How is New York, Christina? Is it as bad as Boston is right No, now? it's, it's, right now it's 40 degrees, um, and, and it's a, a low of, of, um, 32 tonight, but it's going to be 65 degrees apparently on yes. Thursday. Yes. Woo! Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Ah. So it's like spring is finally sort of coming two weeks after it actually came. So, I... Has it been two know. weeks? Oh, my God. Where yeah. did the time go? No, sorry, no, go no. on. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna play it safe. I'm not gonna leave the house. I never, yeah. I'm not gonna leave the house. Like, and, and just so I don't have to go outside here. Let but out your frustrations to us. Tell us how you feel. So, can I make a major announcement on the yeah. show right now? Do you guys want to hear it. something? Tell so us. So we're going to get a third dog here <gasps> at our house. Ooh. We are, we are. We're oh gonna get a little God. Havanese puppy. We're gonna get a little Havanese puppy. And oh. I'm trying to figure out what, like, I'm arguing with Frank about what to name the dog. Uh, like, he wants to Simone. name the dog. Simone. Simone yes, a good of name. <laughs> no, our dogs were Crash, who died last year. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, we have Splat and Kablam. So I'm trying to think of, like, an awesome name, because how do you top Splat or Crash oh as gosh. a name? How? Yeah, that's Dunk. really hard. And how? Powell, no, Zap, I think no. Dunk, like basketball, like slam dunk. No. I was, I'm trying to get Frank to agree to Megatron. <gasps> like, Megatron is a dog, right? That is, especially a dog that's, like, going to be under 10 pounds. Yeah. Heck yeah. Or Hacksaw. Ooh, mm. Hacksaw would also good too. That sounds like a dog that would kill you in the in your sleep. Right, because it's a little Havanese. That's Obviously. why it's funny. That's why it's funny. Are you a dog person, Christina? I am. Yeah. Um, we live in in Brooklyn, so we can't have a dog. Oh. Um, well, mm. I mean, it's just it wouldn't be fair. Like I, you know, both of us work in the city, and yeah. and doggy daycare is super expensive and and frankly dumb. And then I wouldn't feel right like <laughs> having to like take a a dog like. Like making a dog like live inside like a small apartment without having a place to run around. But I grew up around really big dogs, so I'm more comfortable around really big dogs than I am around smaller dogs. But I I'm love always dogs. afraid that I'm gonna sit on them or something or step on them. Definitely a fear. Same with cats, actually. I love big dogs. They're yeah, the best. I love big dogs. Yeah, I grew up with a Doberman Pinscher, and <gasps> she was amazing. I love oh. my Dobie. Oh. <laughs> Did we just harmonize? In I, our we home? did. I that was, that was beautiful. I, I I want to yeah. You're a moment now. Like, and we're gonna have to talk about your awesome hair for what was it? Fox News this week oh, or was yes. it MSNBC? It was both. Yeah. So it was. It, I had right. I had three different three different hair dues. Um, one was MSNBC and two were Fox. And my hair was awesome. Oh you guys. my god! It I, was 
it was unbelievable. unbelievable. Majestic. Majestic is a good word. And yeah. I saw that. So there's any moment now that you're going to be hired at either MSNBC or Fox Business so. or someone. And then you're going to have a giant penthouse and you can pay someone to walk your dog. See, that would be amazing. Right. That would be exactly. brilliant. That, that, see, yeah. and, and that, then I feel great. That'd be great. Yeah. You'll have an indoor dog park. I think that that's about as mm. big as their apartments get in New York, right? Just like yeah. have a huge field. Well, the thing is, if I could then like, if I could like afford to pay somebody to like be the dog sitter, but otherwise, I do feel like doggy daycare is. I mean, it costs as much as childcare. Yeah, and really <laughs> it's stupid. Well, dogs are basically children, just really incompetent children. But they're not children, and it, I mean, I mean, I'm all about like paying people for like what's worth it. But like genuinely, like if you look at some of the dog sitting places, like, yeah, it's as much as childcare. Oh, it's That's ridiculous. Insane. Absolutely. That's right. insane. Like people do it. Like they they send their dogs to daycare every day, and I'm thinking, mm. you know, for me, if I don't have the money to or, or me to to do it right, I just I don't know. Living in the city, I don't feel like doing it at all. But no, I love dogs. And Grant's a cat person. I'm allergic to cats. I am too. Um, uh. But uh, but he, uh, we we dream of the day when when one of us will be rich enough to um, afford, um, you know, the lap of luxury. Yeah. I, I will cross my fingers and hope that, you know, someone, like, hires you to be their TV tech person. <laughs> Seriously, I'm open to it. I'm like, so open to it. Yeah. Have I told you guys about my retirement plan? Because I Go want to it. buy a castle in France and turn it into a shelter for, use, for like, uh, lost oh, puppies. That's my, that's my dream. And Frank is not into that. And I'm like, Frank, come on. Do you know how awesome it would be to, like, retire and then just, like, lay on the floor and have 300 puppies, like, running on top of you that's in a so castle funny. yeah that's my, my dad actually just started yeah. selling real estate in france so he is selling <laughs> castles so i will hook you up with a sick de family discount you i am lie. not kidding no, I, you are I, totally I... making that up <laughs> de no, real... de... is it called it's, de for realty it's mercure midi Pyrenees. um <laughs> oh my god that's so I'm hot so... thank yeah. you yeah thanks so christina wow, wow. <laughs> Now my dad's going to listen to this podcast and be proud and then disturbed. No. <laughs> it's okay. I have a close relationship with my podcasters. But yeah, he sells freaking castles. He just That's started. Awesome. Obviously, they're not his awesome. castles. We don't have 10 bajillion castles Tell anymore. him to hook me up with the castle. I'll hook you I, up. Yeah. I will take all my mad rocket money and use it to buy a castle. <laughs> our podcasting stuff. millions. That's right. Yes, our millions, you guys. Millions. Hey, we, we've got some good Literal sponsors millions. this week. We have some good sponsors. I'm psyched. Fantastic. All right. Yeah. You guys want to get into the show? Do you want to get right yeah, into let's, it? Yeah, do you want me to introduce Christina, the yeah. super tech analyst? <laughs> you know who Christina is. She's on Fox News and MSNBC. Yeah. I mean, we don't, yeah. yeah everyone yeah. knows Christina Warren. Okay, next week, I'm going to introduce Christina first. <laughs> <laughs> and um give her i'll give you your your time in the spotlight christina on, on rocket as well as on tv where okay. you reign supreme where they do my hair and it looks hot is all i can say i love i love having my hair done by someone else because okay. yeah but isn't it nice to do a podcast where you don't even have to be wearing clothes <laughs> or pants. much less makeup yeah i love I'm it wearing i love a it snuggie <laughs> you're wearing a snuggie <laughs> Are you yes. serious? I will have to judge you for that. I'm afraid. I'll, I'll post a picture <laughs> it, it, no, of it on Twitter. Is it like a theme Snuggie? Like, is it like a branded one or is it just like a, a plain Snuggie? Unfortunately, it's just a plain Snuggie because oh. I got it used. You got it used. Oh, my God. Like, that's <laughs> Wow. I think my mo- one of my mom's friends gave it to me. I'm taking a selfie right now. The yeah, sharing economy has gone too far. Why are we not meerkatting this, you guys? I should. 
You should totally would start be... meerkatting you and your Snuggie. All right. All right. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> Maybe later. Okay. Okay. Shall we move Let's along? Get into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll even know how we recover from that. All right, let's let's talk about it. So, topic one this week. Topic one this week. Um, so I mean, Simone, do you want to kind of lead into it or? Sure. So, a Linux developer proposed basically a code of conduct for Linux developers that is anti-harassment, and there's a lot of discussion that happens in the development community about. The ways that people do things and so this guy was like we need to make sure that this happens in a respectful and um you know a polite and civilized way and that i think is it's going into effect right now if i'm not mistaken um, well i mean they kind of released it is um you know basically they, they made they it released a patch. It. yeah it was yeah, in the patch yeah. it was in the notes um yeah i heard about this because like people were complaining about it on twitter like oh this is so ineffectual i'm like yes. well i'm gonna go read it for myself and totally like at first i was like no this isn't this isn't it this is only a paragraph like how can you address <laughs> oh, no, the huge the it. huge toxic historic problems with the linux community that are are so famous that <laughs> you know like i know they wrote more than like two paragraphs about it and it's like nope they wrote two paragraphs and it has a bill and ten quote so oh, be God. excellent to each other yeah, was be excellent the... to yeah. Each other. <laughs> no it's you know um I mean, to kind of pull the, the issue back a bit for maybe people that, mm -hmm. you know, kind of don't know developers, they're free or open source people. Um, that, that, that don't read the Linux kernel. Right, notes, right. Which, which, is, yeah. which is what this all comes down to, right. is the behavior yeah. of, of, of uh, the interaction that happens on the Linux kernel sure. uh, mailing list, sure. also known as the LKML. My, my point is, um, yes. if you haven't really been following this, um, you know, the, the free and open source community, it produces some really high quality software like linux the, the the quality of it has increased exponentially over the years this is why steam you know one of the reasons steam is pushing making such mm -hmm. a big push with steambox is you know they kind of at the time they were developing it they felt that windows had become untenable as a you know a, a game development platform so you know it's it produces good software but you know famously it's kind of a brotastic place to code and you know it's kind I of I wouldn't even say brotastic mm -hmm. it's just kind of hostile towards newcomers do you think um, so yeah i don't think it's brotastic i mean i think it's actually kind of the opposite of brotastic in a way it's like kind of like the weird like is it kind of a superiority yeah. complex? Yes. Thing? So exactly. when I say bro in a in a tech contest uh, context, I think that there are a lot of people that um, yeah they think of bro like football players or like rugby players or whatever. I think of it like tech bros. Do you know what I mean? Like people yeah, that I like guess. to hang out. I guess. Devs I guess. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, to, yeah. I guess. I get. And that makes sense in that context. Sure. Um, usually, sure. when when people say like programmers, they're talking about like the kind of the frat guy mentality. Sure. Sure. And I would say that that's at least in the Linux kernel mailing list, that's really not the behavior no, that's, that's visible. No, it's absolutely um, not. Although you have that in some some of the communities, but it's more, it's like like Simone said, it's more kind of superiority complex. Yeah, I'm smarter yeah. than you. I know what's right. You're wrong. You know, if you don't like it, F off. Yeah, You know, exactly. sort of thing. Very, and, and kind of famously so, very, you know, not welcoming to newcomers. Um, absolutely. And, and that actually, in, in fairness, is is regardless of gender, you know, they are just as terrible to men as they are to women. Um, but, I don't know if I agree with 
that well, in my experience. But that, yeah, well, yeah. I, I would agree with that. I mean, I don't, I don't mean universally. I mean, obviously, I think there's some challenges with the women. There are layers of change. gender sure, harassment. But, but my, my my point being that it's not as if it, if you're a newcomer as a male. Right, not going to be accepted. You don't get a That's all I mean. It, Everyone it's sucks you're a woman. equally, is what we're it's saying. Not, exactly. What we're saying is that you know, if, if you're a newcomer and you're male, you're just as likely to get yelled at as if you're female. Now, mm-hmm. once you've been around for a while, maybe it changes, but they're they're hardly welcoming. Is is I guess it, it's tough on anyone. I mean, that yeah. is that is very. Yeah. It's very much the reputation. Yeah, you know, my my friend Randy Harper, yeah, you know, free BSD girl. Yeah, you know, she the reason she chose as her username. She's a huge you know, free and open source uh, mm-hmm. you know, proponent, and the reason she actually cared enough about you know, BSD to make that her name is because she felt so welcome in that community versus you know some of the other things in open source That's that she really had tried. Cool. And yeah, I think it's worth saying like it's. At least in my experience in those circles, um, when you were a developer, it very quickly gets into kind of a, it's like, it's not like you're like dudes showing off with how far they can throw a football or whatever. It's like, who knows the most about this? Do you know? Right. And like they, yeah, like, and they like putting each other down or fat correcting. My code is cleaner than yours. Right. I can do right. this better. You know, exactly. it, it, it still becomes a measure, measuring contest. Yeah. But it's just in a different context. Exactly. I guess I'm just confused about, I, I totally approve of, you know, the basic statement of saying, hey, harassment isn't welcome here, but I'm confused about what this changes or will change in a tangible way. It doesn't way. change It anything. doesn't change so, anything. So, so That's what I some, suspect. So to give some <laughs> background, one of the reasons this has come up is that Linus Torvalds, who is the guy who created the Linux kernel and runs the Linux kernel project, um, and, and he works basically at the behest of, of the Linux Foundation, um, but, but you know, and he's done a lot of really good things for open source, and I don't think anybody would argue with that. He is notorious for being very, yes. uh, very bristly, especially very on the the kernel mailing list so when people try Mm -hmm. to um get things into the kernel you know he will input in patch requests um he will be very very standoffish and can be downright hostile and mean and and just really kind of you know borderline abusive and a lot of people have kind of complained about his attitude with this Mm -hmm. and 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 his reaction has basically been to tell people to go f themselves and 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 so it's kind of created an environment where and actually there was a a guy who created this thing called system d and i'm not going to get into the whole system d versus other init system drama because it's Mm -hmm. unrelated and too complicated for this conversation (laughs) but and this guy was was basically getting death threats and and getting constant strings of harassment because people were so unhappy with system D and didn't like it. And he kind of blamed Linus for a lot of that. Yeah. Said so basically it wow. starts at the top with him and his behavior kind of carries down throughout the rest of the community. That's and true. so this guy who works at Red Hat, uh Greg K. H. Um uh Cora Hartman, I think is his last name. Anyway, he, you know, basically proposed, okay, we're going to have this 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 code of conduct where we're going to be respectful of one another, and if there's a problem, you can take it, take it to the Linux Foundation, and they can address it from there. Um, so basically, it's not saying we're going to tell Linux to not be an asshole to people. <laughs> it's not because you know because they know that if they try to do that, Linux is responsible. Be in no uncertain terms to go f yourself. Yep. Yeah. Um, and we're not going to hold people accountable for doing things, and we're not going to even have a list of behaviors that should and shouldn't be tolerated. But we're going to just say. Everybody, you know, be mindful of this. And if there's really a problem, you can be a greasy wheel and go to to, to daddy at the, at, the, at the, you know, Linux Foundation and complain. 
Yeesh. And I think that's where I have to like start getting into this because, you know, I, I think we would all agree. I am someone who is very familiar with harassment by geeks, you know, <laughs> like, I feel like, I feel like I have a doctorate in it at this point. And universally, like one of the biggest things I've learned is the people that are harassing you, um, are incapable of understanding that they are harassers. So the reason yeah. I, I mentioned that is in relation to this list, um, you know, what they did was they got this statement and they got basically everyone to agree on it. And mm -hmm. the way it comes across to me is a very lukewarm, uh, you know, three paragraphs of generalities that mean nothing. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that if you're truly trying to change behavior of a community like that i think it's like you said you need to outline what is and is not harassment you need to clearly delineate steps you need to do course of action there have to be teeth and consequences for this and you know it it seems just so utopian and to me like the thing mm -hmm. that makes it feel the most utopian is like closing with this quote <laughs> from bill and ted be right. excellent to do each other do you think that this could snowball into something bigger like is this the start of a new of them treating harassment more seriously or is it just going to end here and kind of peter out honestly i think that it's going to take a real incident where somebody yeah. um in a position of power who probably works at one of the companies like red hat or canonical mm -hmm. or novell or or not novell sorry so forget who owns them now or or something like that like goes um ibm or somebody um has a big enough issue that they actually take it to the top that it, that it I, unfortunately i think it's going to have to be a lot worse than what it's been because mm -hmm. unfortunately you know linus is so respected and he should be respected for a lot of things and he has you know the the, the kernel community itself is so tight-knit in what it does that i don't see it happening i mean and there have been people who've complained Just, about linus for years mm -hmm. and yeah. no one's done anything so yeah i would like to think that it would be a sign that maybe things they would take things more seriously but I just genuinely don't think it will. So some a situation more similar to what's happening on Twitter now where they're starting to implement more anti-harassment Well, tools. I can tell you, having talked to people, you know, at the top at Twitter, like, they are taking that stuff seriously. Like, they really care yeah. about that. And I've, I've been saying that for months, give Twitter time. And I think you're you're seeing the outcome of that. Right. So, yeah. Well, because it's hurting the reputation. Of and course. Unfortunately, right. unfortunately, I don't think that the Linux... And the stakeholders, the people who are investing in it, you know, whether it's the corporations that are donating man manpower and time for people to contribute to the kernel or people who are doing the forks or people who are working off of it like Steam is, I don't think, at least at the kernel contributor level, that the stakeholders care enough about Linus's behavior or, or the behavior of other people. Um, I don't want to, you know, just, just leave it at, you know, blame it all on yeah. Linus because it's not just him. Um, I don't think they care enough about those things that are happening to try to say, okay, well, we're now going to move to something else. Because what are you going to do? Fork the kernel? Right. I mean, seriously, like, honestly, like, that would be a really difficult thing to do to get oh, that would, involved. Oh, that's not, yeah, the exactly. stuff feasible. Yeah. So, so, it's, so it's one of those things where just kind of by the very nature of how important this is to so many other things, you kind of have to deal with the yeah. negative industry. And I don't mean to be pessimistic about it. It's just kind of, I feel like if they were really serious about it, I mean, I think that Greg, and I was wrong, he does not work for Red Hat. I think he used to, but he actually works for the Linux Foundation. Mm -hmm. I think that his intention of, you know, putting in this patch was good. Mm -hmm. um, oh, God, I just yeah. think, you know, yeah. I just it think that... very well-intentioned. Very well-intentioned. I just feel like it's, you know, just kind of 
making a placating statement without actually holding anybody accountable for anything. Right. Yeah. I no, would like to think that no. internally inside the Linux Foundation, they would maybe have their own rule of conduct. And I mean, it would be great if they were transparent and made that open for everyone to see, you know, That's it is open source and all. Yeah. But I doubt that they would do yeah. that. But I think it would be great if internally maybe they even had conversations with people, you know, said maybe we can talk about how we interact with our community. So mm-hmm. so can I can I kind of back this subject up a bit and and talk about why I was you know, really passionate about talking about this on Rocket because you know something I see a lot at my company um I get a lot of applications from from women that are just so burnt out with the way software engineers yeah. behave mm-hmm. that they just quit and yeah you know, I actually I I had a woman come into my company a while back and it was actually she was an software engineer and she was interviewing to be my assistant because that's how much she did not want to work with this exact kind of environment which is everywhere with programmers and and this is i feel so strongly about this like i am Mm -hmm. not a perfect leader and i'm not a perfect person but at giant space cat i believe so unbelievably strongly that this kind of attitude which is let's be honest this is an indulgence it's a professional indulgence of your worst behaviors i think it it hurts the product and it hurts the kind of people that you can attract to your team i mean it totally does it does and i'm sorry yeah go ahead yeah i I mean you're so right about about you know people who apply to things. It's why I did not study computer science in college. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I and I learned to program at a young age, and I and I can still you know if I wanted to kind of switch gears and do that, and I've thought about that a lot. I think I could you know would take me some time to to, to do things, but it was because of the behavior of some of the guys in my computer programming class in high school, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't deal with the harassment because I could and I, it wasn't that bad. It was more like I don't want to work with these people. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. have a job where these people are my colleagues and this is the type of stuff that I have to put up with day in and day out. My yeah. time is more valuable than that. My life is more valuable than that. Yeah. And that I think is something that we undermine. I, I know I do this myself, you know, I mean, and I, I like to think of myself as being, oh, I can kind of be above a lot of this gender stuff and I can get along well and whatnot. But the fact of the matter is, I'm a I'm a technology journalist who's very tech savvy and not a computer scientist because I made a conscientious decision. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in school with these people. And, and it, I, I wish that I'd known more of like the, the the type of people that I that I really know in the software community now back then, but I understand why people get turned away from that sort of thing because you just don't want to be in a negative environment all the time. You don't want to be, especially if you're a woman, you just don't want to be like put upon, like I can't do anything right. I'm going to be attacked and it's going to be a negative situation. And it's because you'll get people who are, who will say, oh, well, if you really loved it, you should have gone into it. That's so, so untrue. There's no incentive there for people to, yeah, to suffer. It's like like I can love something and do things on my own and not say I don't want my career to be sitting in a cubicle next to some jackass who's going to be acting that way because it takes away from your love when you're with people who are terrible. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Bree, it's a really a juvenile way to – it's an indulgence. One of you said that. I don't remember. It was an indulgence. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, adults you, shouldn't be allowed to behave like that in a workplace. If you don't think I like software development is an incredibly stressful job. Game development is an incredibly yeah. stressful job. And look, you guys have seen me on Twitter. Like I get that reptilian parts of my brain that sometimes wants to yell and scream and get my way. But that's not the way I behave because I'm not four <laughs> years old anymore. Yeah. And, you know, it's like 
I like just to talk about the culture at our company. I always, always, always talk to my team as if we're all equals. And I will stand up and like pick a direction if because you you can't have a, a company or decisions with software run by democracy, but you can make people feel listened to and respect them and compromise yeah. if you're picky about who you let on your team. And like there's so much stuff in here, I think that just there's so much of this language that I feel really betrays how little they understand about what the problem is. Like there's this line in here, I'm looking at right now, like <laughs> the goal is always to get the absolute best possible solution for the overall success of Linux. And by like prefacing it by that, it kind of makes this assumption that like the way we're behaving is the best way. And it kind of feeds this meritocracy mm. myth. And it's just yeah, the it whole, is a myth. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, I think what a lot of, what I've run into in my career repeatedly is I've never run into a guy that consciously understands he's part of the problem. And right. I think a lot of software engineers, they theoretically understand that women should be treated as equally as men. And they theoretically believe that like we should all have a fair shot in this field. What mm -hmm. they don't understand is the immense amount of unconscious bias that they bring to the table. The and way in which the table is crooked absolutely. in the first place. I have been talked over at meetings. I've seen friends talked over at meetings. I've seen people get very hostile when I stand up for myself. Like this is stuff every woman in technology understands very easily. Mm -hmm. And like when you're in a free and open source community, it's it's if you have a woman that's arguing for her ideas, it's she's because of that unconscious bias, it's gonna be like, don't listen to me, like listen to what women they've tried to work you know with the linux mm -hmm. community are telling you and i i just think that I, I this this statement really reminds me of you know the response of a lot of places like IGN and Giant Bomb to Gamergate, where they put out this you know kind of weak statement and then they're <laughs> like, hey, we addressed this, we fixed everything, and the movement, right, the movement, you know, and it's <laughs> it's not really looking at any of the root causes of how you got there. So yeah. I I don't know. I was very disappointed with this. It's interesting, I guess, the juxtaposition between the way that Twitter is handling harassment as with the knowledge that, you know, they need to be accessible and fun to use for the general community. Like, that needs to be yep. a tool that everyone can use. The Linux community is so isolated. And I, I think – but it needs to be a good place to work because it is a workplace, you know. People are doing, like, good work developing things there. Sure. But because well, it's so isolated, they're not treating it with the same seriousness as someone who is trying right. to make a really accessible tool would. Right. No, I think you're right. And I think part of the difference is, and you're right, it is a workplace, but I think that there is still kind of this mythos that because it's open source, people are volunteering. Yeah. Mm. And and nope. the fact <laughs> of the matter is there are still people who are volunteers and who volunteer to projects for do, doing packaging all the time. But I can almost guarantee you that most people who are doing actual hardcore work on the Linux kernel are being mm -hmm. paid by someone, whether they're whether it's their employer, whether it's, you know, the, um, you know, the Linux Foundation. Foundation. Um, yeah. I mean, Debian, which is granted one of the biggest Linux distributions, is completely community funded. They do not have a corporate sponsor, um, and and they're really unique in the way that they do things. But um, I mean, they also actually have a, a a pretty strict code of conduct and 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 lots of other things. They've had yeah. one for a really long time, actually. Um, uh, for for like I think at least fifteen years, but. Um, I think that a lot of times the mythos that because it's open, it's volunteer, that means you don't have to hold people to the same standards you would otherwise. Mm -hmm. 
I think that happens. And I think at this point, you know, it's been, um, I guess it's it's 30 years, I think, this month since uh, Richard Stallman wrote the, the GNU Manifesto. And that kind oh my of God, spearheaded... And that kind of wow. spearheaded what has become the open source movement. And I know that the, the Stallmanites and, and those people would hate me conflating free software with open source, but get over it. Um, <laughs> but, but, and it's been, you know, uh, the, the Cathedral and the Bazaar, which was kind of the, the essay, and I can't stand Eric Raymond, but he did write a great essay. Uh, that was 97 or 98 when that happened. And I think Mozilla oh. went public uh, uh, in, in 97 or 98. So it's been like 15 years. It's been like 17 years now oh, since wow. we've really been seeing even open source as like a commercial thing and the linux kernel itself is you know more than 20 years old so at this point i feel like and it powers enough things i mean android being the the biggest example that i think that we have to accept that this is no longer you know something that people it's are just doing as a hobby this is a real right. deal and we've got to we've got to treat it like a real workplace we've got to treat it like it's something real we can't just write off the fact that it's Oh, it's volunteers. You know, let let them let them <laughs> let boys be boys. It's like, no, this is actually a real freaking industry. Well, I think it's yeah. also about the the bottom line quality of it. I mean, you know, yeah. I think it's it's fair to say that there are aspects of Linux that are less polished when you use it as opposed to something like, say, OS ten. And sure. I I think that the diversity of the Apple software teams, like we can look at the numbers and see that it's not as good as it could be. But I think the truth is like, as OS X is being developed, you can see that they have a wide range of users in mind. One of the things that pushes me away from, you know, Linux is I see them making choices that they're tailor-made for a very, 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 very specific monoculture of person. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think if you opened up the development community and kind of got some more people and made it a place where other kinds of people could work on these these free and open source projects, I think you would see a greater success of where the platform's going. And, you know, like, ultimately, this is this is about respecting other people but it's also about mm -hmm. the quality of the the, the product um you know mm -hmm. again to do another analogy with games something i talk about like i have a huge meeting with venture capitalists this week and they look at games right now and they see where the monoculture in games has gotten us and we have a whole lot of you know first person you know run and gun everything games <laughs> and then we don't have people really making games for the other half of the population i mm -hmm. think it's kind of the same with the linux kernel where you have a monoculture that's kind of been developing it for so long that you know maybe if you open that up you would get some you would get more innovation there like you would get new directions to go does does that make sense to you guys that makes perfect sense yeah i mean it just it darn well makes sense brianna <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> i mean people like um in any situation when you're when you're creating something you think about it from your perspective first and then you have to think about the larger commercial community and how they're going to use it and what their needs are and if yeah if you can't bring other people in to speak to their perspectives and their experiences, then it's going to fester. Well, I'll say this. I mean, I I have to be honest. The reputation that Linux has, this affects my eagerness as a developer to bring games over to Linux. I mean, like, if I'm... No Steambox for Revolution 60? I, I think moving forward, I'm not very sure that's something that we would support. Like, I read about some of the behavior, and it's like, 
like, do I want to work with these people? Do I want to support, you know, Linus's, you know, behavior? Um, I can tell you, I strongly don't. <laughs> and it has uh, all these decisions of consequences for the platform, you know, and yeah. I, I think it's fair to say with most women developers, I know like these, these issues very strongly concern them. Well, as you know, Brianna, your decision not to develop for Linux is censorship. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> against free speech so that's true you know. that's true yeah. that's because i am an evil <laughs> evil person so it has nothing to do with with development costs or right like that. no oh, that's no, a whole i mean ridiculous. let's be honest the dev costs are a whole different thing like oh, oh i could talk about that for a long time gosh <laughs> shall we go into topic two well should we do we have two sponsors this week we do have two, two awesome sponsors. sponsors would you like yeah, me to tell you about them yeah which one do we want to do first which one do we want to do first let's do smile oh so i got an email from them this week and they go we were listening to rocket and we noticed that you didn't have a version of this so said, they, <laughs> they sent said me they said the same thing to me, me they too did. Right. they sent me a copy of pdf pro, uh pdf print pro, pro 7 which I was, yeah yeah yes yeah, so that I was, was downloading the that most beforehand. exciting thing that happened to me i was today. so excited yeah, yeah, like, yes yeah. So this episode of Rocket, just in case you were wondering, <laughs> is brought to you by Smile in PDF Pen Pro 7 for the Mac, which we now all have yeah. and can take advantage of. PDF Pen is the ultimate all-purpose PDF editor, and Smile offers 10 great tutorials from the talented Mr. David Sparks, teaching you all about how to use it which I will definitely be watching because I'm going to be using this a lot. My enmity with PDFs, it runs deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, these videos are really short, two to four minutes each. They teach you how to use PDF pen, uh, which can help you apply markup or add signatures to a PDF, fill in PDF forms, use iCloud and Dropbox to sync your PDFs with PDF pen for iPad and iPhone, which is awesome. Yes, thank you. So wait, wait, when your dad sells me a castle in France and sends me the real estate receipt, (gasps) like I can use this software to like sign all the legal documents and get my castle back turned into a used copy. That's so true. Just quick turnaround. Boom. You can even probably do it on your phone. Oh my God. That's, it's going to be awesome. It's like we're living in the year 2000. (laughs) Oh, not the year 2000. That's so far in the future. I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry, you guys are really excited to start using this as I am? Yes. I'm telling you, I, I got home off the plane today and I could either play Bloodborne or PDF <laughs> Pro <laughs> 7. And I opened this up and did this instead. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I was, I was, I jumped right on that. I was so, so super happy <laughs> I to get free stuff psyched. and useful, useful stuff that I can actually use in my job because I do, I do sign contracts occasionally. And it's oh, like, I bet you have to sign a lot of NDAs, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I'm going to send you an NDA with, please with do. this right for, now. Oh my God, yeah. can we do that to test it out? I'm going to do that. We should. Yeah, we didn't have time to like play with it today, but we should by next week. We should definitely like send NDAs to each other and oh my God. tell each other yes. secrets, like have a slumber party. <gasps> oh my God, a PDF oh slumber party? Which yes, <laughs> that's going to happen. All right. All right. So yeah, PDF Pen is an essential piece of software in many people's Mac toolkits. And it's something you should totally look at, something we're going to look at all this week. And we're super pumped about it. Thank you for sponsoring this episode of Rocket. And yeah. PDF slumber party. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> slumber party not included with PDF Pen 7. Bye, smile.
Are you typing something? I am. Now? I'm getting my PDF ready to send you. Oh my so gosh. Oh my gosh. Where... I can't wait to see yeah, what the I know, secrets are. I know. It's going to be great. We'll have an update next week about yes. how this turned oh out. Oh my gosh. All right. So what's topic two? What are we? What's our second topic? Cruise or cruise? All right. Oh man. Cruise or cruise? <laughs> <laughs> so Ted Cruz announced his bid. Uh, he's running for president and um, it was discovered. I assume very quickly after that he does not own tedcruise.com, which is unfortunate. So this is our our own real segment on why you should buy your own domain name as soon as possible. Yes. <laughs> if you're not doing only... anything public exactly. or anything not... at all. Not only does Ted Cruz not own tedcruise.com, he does not own tedcruise.ca, and he was born in Canada, so this is funny. <gasps> he also does not um, own tedcruise2016.com um, oh, no. or tedcruise for America. Oh, no. Wow. wow. So, um, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. As Simone says, this is a great example of whatever you know this this is we're being apolitical about this this is just a good example of if you're in yes. the public period or if you are if your name is important to your brand in any way or whatever your brand is your company name is get that stuff yeah. like locked down i mean an example of someone who actually knows how the internet works and is is very good with technology is taylor swift's team mm-hmm. her yeah. team bought taylorswift.porn and taylorswift.adult yep. are they going to be launching taylor swift porn sites of course not but because they have the trademark and her name for taylorswift.com, they were able to take advantage of icons, uh, what they're called their sunrise rules, where you can pre-register domain names before they go available to the general public and um. pick up domain names that they know that ne'er-do-wells would be willing to pick up for, you know, negative yeah. purposes. People who would want to try to spam people into into getting, you know, nude photos of, of, of purported nude photos of Taylor Swift. So rather than letting anybody take advantage of her name and her brand that way, they register those domains themselves. Cool. Do you know who's in charge of her team that does that? Like, is there a company that does um, that for her? I- I don't because... know. You know, there there are companies you can get to do that, but I mean, yeah. I have a feeling that it's just probably her lawyers or people. I mean, she's yeah, trademarked yeah. a lot of things. Clever and, lawyers. Well, I and, think. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say. You know, she's they're on top of things a lot more. You know, she she has a very digitally savvy team. She's a very digitally yeah. savvy person. So. Well, I I was going to say like in before we agreed to do this topic this week, like I stressed that we wanted to be very apolitical about it. Like yes. you know, I'm. I'm a well-known tech feminist, but you can guess how I vote. But I actually don't mind telling you guys, one of my first jobs out of college, I grew up in Mississippi, and one of my first jobs out of college was working for the Republican Party in D.C. Um, And something that really stunned me the entire time I was working for them was how um, terrible with technology the, the republican <laughs> yes. party was and again i'm not trying to diss anyone i'm just trying to give this is just analysis your experience based yes. on no well this, this is and they born were out horrible. by reality i mean they were uh, horrible the, at it yeah the whole netroots movement was basically a left-wing movement that started with mm-hmm. move on.org right. and, and and some other things and it wasn't really until i guess you know the tea party was maybe the first time that we saw the the republican party start to get any way involved with social media mm-hmm. and 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 Which the web and that was because i wasn't aware that there were many young people or that tea party skewed young and i would assume it, that it's the young um, influence that creates that uh, it it well, well yeah. it didn't but it is one of those things where even like it you know, move on wasn't started by young people. You know, it's sure. just kind of a, um, a kind of I think more of a people who are more willing to kind of be involved in those things. But that was mm-hmm. just my 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 point is that was the first time that you saw people using the internet 
at all on the Republican side. Well, yeah. I mean, that that just speaks, I think, to the larger... It's just not their their bag as much. And you no. even saw Megan McCain, like, working for yeah. Daily Beast and talking about getting, you know, the party more organized in that way. But I think mm-hmm. that this particular incident shows just how much like high ranking you know because when you plan a presidential campaign like i've done this like one of the most important things to do is to secure your team like you have to you have to go find people that are particularly skilled in x y or z that understand ad buys understand like where the where the events need to go and like whether if you're gonna run for any office like securing key members of your team is really important yeah i think this is really I think it really shows how much the Republican Party is kind of lacking that kind of, you know, aspect of their party that can strategize in the online arena that this Whereas just was completely Taylor missed. Swift runs for president. Right, right. Or, She'll or be actually, right on know, it. Yeah. Or even Hillary Clinton. You know, people right. have, have bought HillaryClinton.com and have it in kind of a trust. You know, friendsofhillary.com owns that. You know, Elizabeth right. Warren owns her own domain. Sure. You know, be, they have those variations because these people, you know, people on their teams or people who are looking out for them, you know, if it's not on their teams directly, know how important it is. Yeah. To to own your own thing, because what's happened is that if you go to tedcruz.com, it redirects I and mean, basically <laughs> it basically says don't vote for him. Yeah. And if you go to Ted Cruz, you know, for for America or whatever, I think it redirects the to the healthcare.org homepage. It does. Oh, tedcruz.ca, no. you know, basically lists all these reasons why he shouldn't be eligible to run for president. And and I, I don't agree with any of that. I think that it that's silly the same reason that anyone said that you know, uh, Barack Obama was not eligible to be president. It, it's the same arguments in both cases. And although Barack yeah. Obama was born here, was born in the United States. But, you know, in, in either case, you know, it, it's silly. But I mean, when you allow that to happen, um, or, or who who is the guy, um, Rick Santorum, who had, you know, the Google bombing of his name <laughs> because of Dan Savage, <laughs> right. you know, when, when you're bad about things like that, when you don't do that, then that you when you, you know, sit back and, and don't buy up your own stuff you give other people the opportunity to take your yeah. brand away from you and protect i think your brand protect your identity because they are the same thing but this is where it gets into like you guys saw the the ican thing was coming out and they're, yes. they're radically expanding you know the ican domain names yes um you know, and I think we could, God, we should do a show on Google and their their dev, like them getting the yeah, ICANN for uh, dev. Ridiculous. That's a whole nother yeah. thing. But, you know, something I am kind of, honestly, I'm kind of pissed about this is the sucks mm-hmm. domain name. Um, yeah. Where it's not $2,500 for everyone. Is it? Is it 400 if you're like not a super big brand or something like that? Like there's a lesser cost for, for oh, normal boy. people. Right. Well, but it, exactly. it feels like extortion. It feels and like it, extortion. And it is to a certain extent. That, and it is to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, I mean, because I guarantee you, like, I mean, I have people that are working to register revolution60.xxx because they want to yeah. get the, once we up on pc they're going to reverse engineer the models of our girls and they want to make like you know right. videos of them and it's like i i'm kind of in that same taylor swift boat except i don't really have taylor swift money in the same <laughs> way right now i mean i mean yeah okay the good news is a the the triple x domains are only 100 bucks right um but it's still the principle of the thing right it's what like am i gonna do revolution to to 60 giant space cap brianna Wu. well exactly yeah, the more there exactly. are the harder it's gonna right. get where does it end and 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 that becomes i think an important thing and 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 it does kind of become an extortion thing. Um, but it's kind of I mean, I, I and I don't like to defend ICANN because I've had so many issues with them in the past. Mm-hmm. But I do honestly feel like they're between a rock and a hard place in that um I think that 
there could be things you could do where if you have a trademark on something that the the cost of registering the domain could be lower. I think that the, the high cost is actually ridiculous. But I feel like they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place between, you know, they need to have kind of the free market system where pe- where the registrars, the people who control the the top level domains, so the people who control dot triple X or or dot sucks mm-hmm. or whatever can set the prices for the do- those domains. Um the same I, way that, you know, people who control dot com and whatever can. Um I don't versus- know if the trademark idea would work though. I mean like I'm married to someone that does this work professionally and our trademark for just Revolution sixty, I think it cost us two thousand dollars. Right. So, no, and I yeah. and I'm not disagreeing with that. What I'm yeah, saying though is yeah. what I'm mm-hmm. saying is if you have that trademark already, you wouldn't yeah. have to then pay the same amount of money. It's still obviously creates um a kind of a caste system between people who can afford to have that and people who can't right but in fairness people who can afford it or people who have those trademarks are the ones that are the ones that are most at risk you know that's the apples the coca-colas the nikes right you know the the um the googles the microsofts whatever of the world who have to worry about that um so what i'm saying is it's a weird balance though between letting people register whatever they want and not policing the fact that you can't say, you know, well, why shouldn't I have freedom of speech to register TedCruz.com? Um, why should Ted Cruz have any more right to it than I do versus, um, you know, protecting people um, yeah. from, from domain squatters? I mean, it's a really weird issue. And so what they've weird. tried to do, I think, is, is, is kind of sits in the middle where they say if you have a trademark where you can prove to us that you own, you know, certain thing, you've got a brand mark or whatever, you can register this before everybody else. And in some cases, they'll even automatically register certain other domains for you. Like if you already have a .XXX domain registered, um, you can automatically get like .porn and .adult, I think, registered for you hmm. too if, if it matches that. Um, but wow. it is extortion to a certain extent that these big brands and big companies or even smaller people like 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 Ubri have to worry about buying up all these things. The good news is, you know, these these new top-level domains are so new – we don't know how successful any of them are going to be. And I think some of them are going to be more successful than others. And so it's one of those things where, you know, unless you can rank really well it was <laughs> for the keywords, it's like, okay, great. So you have ChristinaWarren.Sucks.com. Knock yourself out. You know, you're going to have to go through a lot of effort to make that rank higher than any of the .org.com.net domains that I do own for my for my name. And I own, yeah. like, every variation for my name practically. Cool. Um if you don't, you know what I'm saying? So, like, it's a certain point where, I mean, I, I think that it sucks the most for the biggest companies that literally do have to register for all new 400 or 700 of these TLDs, however many there are, who literally do have to register Apple.everything just to get it taken <laughs> care of. Um, whereas I think for most people, it's going to be one of those issues where you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who's going to be willing to pay $2,500 to get your company or your brand sucks um, and then also have the wherewithal and the energy to, you know, get the SEO high enough so that people, that when they search for, you know, um, your company or your name, that comes up in the results. Yeah. Because most people, we're just not conditioned to think about things like, you know, domain extensions beyond .com. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Like, I have a .wtf um <laughs> A domain, but which I haven't even used, and I have a .nyc domain, um, but I, I can't even remember typing in any of these new TLDs into my browser. You know what I'm no, saying? Like it's not even not. part of like how I think about surfing the web. Yeah. It's just kind of a novelty at this point. So I wonder if that might change over time. But I have a feeling that it's also one of those things where it's like there are going to be so many of these things that 
you know, it's just going to be important to still kind of have your, your top level, like your dot coms or whatever, or at least rank well on Google. And then yeah. just, you know, if, if, if spammers or, or, or squatters or, or haters get them, you know, they're going to have to do a lot more work to, to rank. I don't know. The SEO is something I hadn't thought of. And I mean, that is a relief because that I feel like that's a pretty, if you are working, doing your work under your name, that's a pretty surefire way to stay on top of that. But I know that like, even if a domain costs $2,500, if it's a situation like with with Gamergate, where it's a hate group right. composed of a lot of people, they they would and could pull I, together. Absolutely. I was going to say that SEO warfare is something that has yeah. absolutely been done to me and other people out there. And, you know, I was talking to Randy about this just the other day, how, you know, they will find lies and you know they will like gain the search engines yeah. well it's not yeah. just that it's the seo side of it where they will gain the saying. search engines and push it yes. up 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 so you know this is this is a really serious problem and it's like if you think brianna Wu sucks or christina warren sucks or simone sucks like i mean i think <laughs> you it's fine if you do that and ultimately i don't particularly care if someone has that name brianna Wu, you know sucks <laughs> brianna Wu dot sucks but it's the I, I, I don't know. Of your it's, business. it's it's well, it's it's a whole. I think the libel is a whole different aspect mm. of it. But it's there's a certain point where I I do think the sucks domain name is just a extortion scheme. I do. I don't <laughs> see any value yeah. there other than just making people buy that. But I also think like this SEO thing. I think it's something we really need to look at as a society. And I think there's more that you know Google and Bing could do to work with normal people about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the sucks thing is interesting because there's actually been like interesting precedent about that where there's been litigation to try to get people to give up sucks domains. Like people had like Best Buy sucks dot com and other uh-huh. things where companies like Best Buy would actually try to get those domains mm-hmm. seized from the individuals. And then that, and then that becomes kind of a free speech issue. And, and, and the court has ruled on behalf of people saying you can own the, you know, branded company sucks.com. But it becomes really tricky because of how ICANN operates and, and because, you know, it's kind of this, this, you know, this, this organization that kind of acts as a rulemaker, but yet there's legislation, but yet there's not, you know, it, it I mean, the whole mm-hmm. thing is very, very messy and kind of, you know, nebulous how it works. But, but I do agree with you that, that a lot of it does kind of come down to extortion. Um, and, and, you know, the people who benefit are the, are the companies that were able to, bid and get support to run the registrar for sucks so the people who are acting like the GoDaddies of the world and they're the ones who set the pricing <laughs> and so they're the ones who are yeah i mean they're definitely going out of their way to extort people you know to say oh you better protect your reputation you know or else it, it's yeah. terrible can i tell you something like i found out about like i didn't even think to get com, and i've been watching like the bidding of how much they would charge me to go buy that like oh go gosh. up and up and up over the last six months i wish i'd just oh, no. been uh, paid it a whole bunch of while back for it courtney so. has been squatting or searching like waiting for courtneyholmes.com to come up and she just this year finally nabbed oh, it man. so yeah oh, she's yeah. super happy well that, it could got, it could happen for you yeah I yeah so. i only got christinawarren.com and it was i guess about eight years ago um, because I originally had Christina-Warren.com and then some other person who had it forgot to renew her domain name and it was kind of like in the holding pattern and I knew someone who worked at Network Solutions who released it back into the wild for me. So I was able to get it. Um, nice. And so for a long time, the tagline on my website was because some other bitch forgot to renew her domain name. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it, you know, but it was one of those... to be you, other Christina. Seriously, I think I may but... know who that is. Actually, <laughs> is it Senator Christina Warren? No, no, I think uh, she's an Apple engineer. <laughs> oh no! Know, so oh no! Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm not joking. There, there, there's so... an Apple engineer named Christina Warren. There Are is. you serious? Yeah, that's it's that's you from hilarious. another life. It is me from another life. That's bizarre. <laughs> All right. Well. Although what's really sad is that if you were to Google Christina Warren Apple, I guarantee you the first 50 page of results are me. Oh, sure. I'm <laughs> sure of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. You know, can we can we even very briefly, because I don't think we'll be able to go back and make a whole whole topic about it. Christina, I want to know what you think about this this Google.dev I can domain. And, and to, to uh, how do we summarize this very quickly for people? Like basically like, Google yeah, won yeah. the right to own the dev extension. So Google controls dev, meaning that Google will have like, you know, any any website that has .dev is going to be a Google-owned thing. They have that, that's wow. private. That's private. Yes, it's yeah. private. It's a private domain. So it's yeah. not as if they're selling it as a registrar, which they're doing with some things. It's that they're actually saying, no, we are going to own this, this, three, wow. this, this dot yeah and i mean it's a pretty non i mean uh, part of the problem with the ican thing is like a lot of the costs for managing it are like passed over to google but you know the at the high level what is it like one hundred and thirty five thousand dollars is all it's taking to like uh-huh. you know get this from the very top and it's just i don't know it's just i, I it, it deeply troubles me that someone could leap in at this point and get dot dev which is very clearly kind of a domain for software development right and could yeah. take it in the name of a company and, and privatize it you know and this isn't an anti-google thing this is a pro open no. web kind of thing yeah. oh exactly so... i mean and 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 the thing is i mean all the companies were kind of going after it. you know amazon applied for a ton of them google applied for tons of them right. you know and 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 yeah i mean and part of it makes sense it becomes kind of a defensive mechanism and part of it is kind of a branding thing and I I'm disappointed that I can't let them have it. I feel like that should have been one that should have been a public one. I, I don't feel like that should have been able to be owned by you know um, a, a private company that is in the in the development space. I feel like how that's about giantspacecat.dev? I would like to buy that. That'd be that awesome. I would love to have Christina Warren.dev and have it like redirect my GitHub. Like it'd be great. Yeah. You know, there are some, mm-hmm. tons of people who would love to have that. I feel like yeah, I, th- I think that's negative. I mean. I can't remember who was trying to go after dot app. You know, there there are a lot of them that are kind of, you know, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, when you start to get these really generic terms, I think that when I think it's problematic when one company can pay, and I think that it's actually I, I looked into this. I mean, it's a couple million dollars for what they're having to pay to actually own all this. It's like one hundred thirty thousand, I think, to get the rights, but then they have to put up a certain amount in escrow to prove that they can maintain the whole registrar system, right. and they've got to do something else to privatize it. Okay. Regardless, ICANN's making bank. Is what it comes down to. Right. Is I can't <laughs> make in bank because Google's paying them however much they're paying for, for Deb and, and the other domains they got. And it's, yeah, it's bothersome. I don't know. I was, I was, you know, it's, I don't want to get into a, a who is truly open, <laughs> you know, who is for open standards <laughs> and stuff. But I, I, I did think that that was very Weirdly Microsoft. Counter- yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's really weird lately, Christina. I don't understand. Life is strange. (laughs) We live in a weird world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the year two thousand. 
So 15. we have another sponsor this week. That we do. We do. Uh, our other sponsor is the wonderful Linda, who is sponsoring us for a third or possibly fourth week in a row. Yeah. Um, Linda.com. It's the online learning platform that has over 3,000 on-demand video courses. Um, I was encouraged to sing more ads, but... I, I don't know. I, I did I did some Noribong last weekend, so I don't know if I'm up for it. But Linda <laughs> helps you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. You can get a free 10-day trial by visiting lynda.com slash rocket. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash rocket. Um, so I have a question people ask me all the time, which is how can I start learning game development? And I actually went to Linda this week, and I have some very specific videos to suggest if you you want to learn to work in a video game pipeline Ooh, yes, um, tell us, tell i us. would very specifically linda is a really really exceptional video called maya 2015 essential training um now if you want to specialize more in modeling probably you know max is going to be the way to go i i personally use maya maya also works on os 10 which is why i prefer it um it's a little bit better for animation even though max has puppet shop i think and i hear good things about that mm. but this is a video called maya 2015 essential training and i actually i actually went through and like looked at the first few topics in here it's a really really good introduction to how to create polygonal objects uh in maya like it, it teaches you how to like start extruding meshes and kind of gives you an overflow of like what a nerve is versus a polygon and you know if you went through and you you learned this linda training like those skills in maya would translate to you know unity it would it would translate nice. to unreal it would translate to you know if you got hired at somewhere that has more more proprietary engine like source mm -hmm. or whatever it is bungie uses you know like this is these are good skills that you could use anywhere um, and even if you're not specializing in that i think it's so awesome to have a working knowledge of those things oh, especially in game dev where people work together and communicate so closely well can i be honest i was yeah. i was in a cab this week with someone and you know they were going to full sail university which is a, a private school in orlando that costs an yeah. arm and a leg and uh. i get resumes from those people all the time that want to work at my company and you know, while i think that's awesome if you want to go get a formal education on it it's mm -hmm. not going to substitute for having been on an indie team and shipped your own game because there's no way to yeah. learn stuff better than actually getting out there and doing it yeah so you know i i if i were out there and i were like starting to work in game dev i would pick up a linda subscription i would go get unreal and i would just ship a game you yeah. know like that's the best way to learn i think so and not to like diss on formal education because sure. there is totally a place for that but i also think that learning from somebody who works currently in that area is more beneficial in a lot of ways and with linda you can learn from people who are really passionate about teaching in that field and work in that field. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So. My, I have a friend of mine that does uh, professional videos for, you know, these kinds of, of services uh, like Linda and, you know, he works mm -hmm. in the field. He has like, what is it? 22 years of experience at this point. Wow. Like he's taught at college and he has shipped. Oh my God, is this dude shipped games? So, yeah. you know, like you're, you're talking to people that, you know, they aren't academics that are kind of removed yeah. from it. You know, these are people that work on the ground. 
people who are current. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Linda lets you stream thousands of video courses on demand. You can learn at your own on your own schedule at your own pace on the topic that you're interested in. You can browse the course transcript and follow along or search for it and skip to that point in the video, which is awesome if you just have one little thing that you can't quite figure out. Go find that part of the video. Do it. Make everything work. Uh, you can create and save playlists for courses that you want to watch and customize your learning path or share them with friends, colleagues, and team members, which, again, is awesome when you're working in a close environment. And you can watch and download courses to Android or iOS devices. So, yeah, that is why we freaking love Linda. Uh, so go to lynda.com rocket and sign up for a free 10-day trial. Try it out and let us know what you think. You have a good singing voice. You should sing I, the Rev Every single sing one of song. my friends yes. would laugh in your face no, if you said that. No, no, no. I like you singing ads. Like We're going to bring you in to sing something for our next ne- game. Ne- next time I'll fully musicalize the ad. I will. Okay, good, I, good, good. So yeah. yesterday at work, uh, I did a bad thing. Uh, we watched 10 episodes of Evangelion on Sunday. <sighs> and Kesey and I were like, you know what we should do at work? We should just listen to the theme song from Evangelion. I have a playlist that has like 10 versions of it. And what we ended up doing was listening to A Cruel Angel's Thesis 100 times in a row. Different remixes of it. It took us six hours. And I feel like I gave myself Stockholm Syndrome with that song because I can't get it out of my head. How did it, How did this happen to me? Why did I do this to myself, you guys? Is Nicole okay with you? Nicole was not here, okay, but Courtney right. was there yesterday. Yeah, and yeah. she's like really stressed out about Emerald City Comic Con coming up this weekend. Yeah. And so poor Courtney's like trying to get work done and like trying to figure out table plans. And we're just like <laughs> blasting Cruel Angel's thesis. <laughs> which is the worst thing you could do to someone. And I'd like to formally apologize to Courtney Holmes. Yeah, you should, you should ask captain N if she'll give me uh we should, we should talk to her because yeah. I just got monster hunter and I could use some <gasps> tips at monster hunter. So captain nice. N will give me the, she is the game master. So she'll, All right. All right. she'll figure it out. Yeah. So topic number three, the cruise. Yes. 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 Not the subpar cruise, but just the second cruise. The second cruise. <laughs> yeah. Cruise to Tommy. You guys C. excited for Mission Impossible? Yes. Oh my it looks so good. Oh my god. Who is the lady that she's was in so the hot? I know she? she's, she's gorgeous. that yellow dress. Oh yeah, she's is so iconic. hot. Her, her, to her me. um yeah, no, her name is um yeah, I know she's so hot. I'm looking it up. Hold on. <laughs> hot I, I started to look it up right before the, the call. Something Ferguson. <laughs> she's French. Yeah, Mission Impossible always has just ridiculously gorgeous women in it. Like, and unbelievably gorgeous, too. Like, Mission Impossible 2. Do you remember the, the girl yeah, that was uh, the thief t- in uh, that? Tandy, uh, Tandy Newton. Oh, my God. You are not human at all. Um, yeah, she was she was great. I Rebecca Ferguson is her name. And she's, she's, a, she, she's a, a French, um, a, a Swedish actress, actually. Not, not, not French, but no, she's, yeah, she's hot. <laughs> So I was I was so skeptical when um, you know Ghost Protocol came out, and this is the movie that really made me fall in love with uh, Brad Bird, and why I'm so excited about yeah. Tomorrowland because that movie was so unbelievably good. Like it is by far the best uh, Mission Impossible. I feel I'm still partial to the first one, but yeah. I would I would kind of agree with you that yeah, I mean, and and Brad Bird though, I mean, you know, um, he he did The Incredibles, mm-hmm. he directed The Incredibles. 
Well, have I you thought, guys seen the yeah. video? Oh, sorry. Go no, on. no, no. Go ahead. Yeah. Have you guys seen the cracked video that's about Tom Cruise running away from stuff in Mission Impossible? Like he's always yes. running. <laughs> always. He is. Uh, but he's doing his own stunts. I mean, so one of the big yeah. stunts that they show in in the trailer is that he's like basically like attached to the side of a plane as it's like in the air and and Simon Pegg's trying to open up one of the doors he's like it's the wrong door and it, it's it's a very light moment but like Tom Cruise is 52 years old and is still doing all of his own stunts that's awesome that's awesome he's my hero in that regard that's so, amazing I do feel very torn on this movie so this may be getting too personal but like Go Jeremy Renner makes my heart race in ways mm. I don't even understand <laughs> so then you have Tom Cruise who is so in shape and awesome like yeah. that dude is 52 that is awesome i know he looks amazing he really does and then like J- jeremy renner's in the same film and i just feel like so torn <laughs> i don't know and and, don't, and simon pegg and know. the hot girl yeah. like it's the whole thing is it's great and being yeah. rams is in it like and i and i should her name is rebecca ferguson i shouldn't oh. just call her the hot girl, the hot girl. but but, but to me, i was like <laughs> wow she's really pretty like that was my first take i was like oh wow she's really pretty um but no i mean it it, it looks i, I love how how basically I think the Ghost Protocol was really good and it's kind of like solidified the franchise as like the American Bond. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really? Like, more, I think than that, Bond? more than Bourne? I was going to say I think Bourne uh, had the chance to be that but I think that Mission Impossible like has like the fun and the lightness yeah, and Mission the Impossible can continue in, in the sense like but I think Bourne's story is kind of told and yeah, it was I was going to say Exactly. I mean, now they're talking about bringing, you know, um, uh, you know, him back, you know, uh, uh, um, Matt Damon back for Bourne. But like, yeah, I mean, I feel like, Bourne, like, feel like Bourne had the chance to be that, and it just mm-hmm. kind of didn't quite. It, it ended kind of so poorly. I don't know. I feel like at this point, I, I feel pretty strongly that Mission Impossible is the American Bond. No, I think that's a really good argument. Well, I think the quality of this movie is really going to solidify that or not yes. solidify it because. I mean, I think the reason four works so well was was Brad Bird, and I think you can you can look at everything he learned from like The Incredibles, and you know, yep. The Incredibles was basically like a family the family formula turned into a Bond movie, and then like he <laughs> did a Bond movie for real in real life. Yeah. Um, and I think seeing how the quality of this one, if it's going to carry over, or not carry over, I think that's really going to speak to the the future of the franchise. So. I don't know. Um, I also thought the last Born uh, movie, the one with Jeremy Renner, I thought it was great. I loved it better than uh, you know, Born Ultimatum, and I just I don't I I don't get why people don't buy Jeremy Renner as Born. I don't know. I think I'm so I was so invested in being Matt Damon. Really? Mm. Yeah, I love Matt Damon so much. And I love Jeremy Renner, but I love Matt Damon so much that for me, like seeing anybody else in that role was just really difficult. Like huh. it just I wasn't I I couldn't do it. Huh. You weren't emotionally prepared. No, Meanwhile, Brianna no, always emotionally, physically, spiritually she, prepared yes. for Jeremy Renner. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> well, the good news is if you saw Jack Reacher, which I thought was actually a pretty good I did too. Film, I did too. Um, yeah. I haven't seen that the, one. The guy that the, uh, uh, Richard McQuarrie, who, or Christopher McQuarrie, excuse me, who directed Jack Reacher is the guy who's directing this film. And he also uh, uh, directed a, a 2000 film starring um, a Brian Felipe called uh, The Way of the Gun, which was also pretty good. Mm. So he has um, – uh, that was a, also with a Benicio Del Toro and I think – I'm looking up on Wikipedia now – or not Wikipedia, IMDb now. Juliette Lewis. Yeah, The Way of the Gun was really good. But he – you know, he's he's a good – he. Um, I thought Jack Reacher was great and that was really well directed. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, – 
to this one. I really am. So speaking Sweet. of other 90s kind of entertainment franchises that they <laughs> yes, brought back, because you know, Mission die. Impossible really came back. What was, was it? 95? 96. The, 96. Wow. 96. So wow. 19 years, you guys. Wow. 19 years. Oh, that is gosh. Amazing. How old do we all feel? Pretty Woman is 25 years old this week. And, and Shut yeah. up. <laughs> Simone, you do not get to com- complain about feeling You're old. Right. You don't I'm get afraid. to complain. Shut up, Simone. You know, okay. you know. Yes. Uh, yes. No, mom. I was going to say, like, they're finally bringing back x-files which yes. is just awesome yes. and speaking of the hot girl so you know, <laughs> oh my like, god i'm Jillian sorry i, have, I know and i'm watching what's the name is it the fall on netflix what's the series that she's in it's with she's a she's um like hunting down a serial killer it's the fall it's on netflix and it's like you're watching her and she's like barely yeah. aged a day since 1990 she's, have you guys watched hannibal yeah no, she's on hannibal too she's incredible yeah. in yeah. hannibal yeah and i am so freaking excited for season three which i think has been delayed till summer which is sad because this time last year i was having hannibal parties dinner parties <laughs> obviously uh, but did, did you serve fava beans and a light chianti we definitely served the chianti i think we skipped the fava beans but we did have like a a steak with red tomato like pepper sauce drizzled over it it looked incredible I have to actually say, I think Jillian Anderson looks better now than she did. I do, too. The I do, too. I do, too. I, I think, think the blonde yeah. hair really works for her. And, Modern and hair does something for people. You know, the longer thing, too. Like, it, she looks younger. She looks, like, more effervescent. Like, she looks really good. Well, I think it's her attitude, too. I think, like, her character, again, Dana Scully on X-Files, like, I love that character, but she always seemed kind of a little bit more subdued. And, like, the characters I've seen her play lately, like, there's a... A more hardened wisdom to her like mm. do you know what i'm talking Gravity, about it's totally. like yeah, yeah like she's she's got this you know <laughs> she, oh. feels, she she radiates feeling just very sure of herself and yeah. i i love that i love that dreamy sigh <laughs> <laughs> I love I'm very excited. So, uh, but David Duchovny, I haven't even thought, like, I was thinking about Jillian Anderson. Oh, yeah, I guess him. he's going to be back oh, in he's so too. great. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and although it's weird now, because I loved California, um, uh, Californication, and that was a great show, uh, even if it was a little weird how accurate it was to his real life, since apparently he's also a sex addict and stuff. Mm-hmm. But but that honestly, like, makes, like, Fox Mulder even hotter, like, to think about him with a sex addiction, because, like, the last time we saw him, we didn't know these things about Duchovny, and now I get to, like, think about... We've seen it all now. Yeah. Well, although we should have, in, in all honesty, we, we should have known with Red Shoe Diaries, the fact that he was the narrator on that show. We should have known that he was a little bit kinky. But, you know, now, like, we get to, like, take even more advantage of that. It's, like, awesome. I I think he's had an interesting career in the sense that, you know, he was so big in the 90s when X-Files was over. He could have gone on to do anything. Like, he could have gone on to do really big feature films. And he consistently picked smaller roles like you were talking about yep. red shoe diaries like i remember him doing showtime like a kind yep. of porny thing on showtime like yeah he was doing that during that. during right. x files it was like exactly. hilarious yeah he, matt or, leblanc was on was on an episode of red shoe diaries you guys right right it was uh, like, yeah like i mean you know it, it, it's soft core dry humping but matt leblanc was like, <laughs> free friends. It, it's pretty but, awesome but not even that i'm saying like he picked roles that yeah. were smaller roles like evolution do you remember that yep. movie when that came out I do. Like, that was a smaller science oh fiction movie and i think i think he's consistently picked smaller more interesting projects and i don't know i'm interested to see him come back i thought the first x-files movie was beyond excellent and i've yeah, seen it and so i think many the second times. one was pretty terrible yeah 
yeah, it was it was a, a betrayal of everything. <laughs> I like the first one. The second one just didn't happen. Yeah, that's actually what I'm kind of confused with how they're going to pick this up because they're going to do like six episodes, and I mean honestly, I think the last two seasons of X Files were pretty terrible. And I thought the first movie was good, but I thought that the second movie was awful. So I'm kind of curious how they're going to, like, kind of revive this. I mean, Chris Carter has said that he's kind of treating it like one long, like, summer break. <laughs> but I, I kind of feel like, okay, great. But if we're picking up where season nine ended, that wasn't necessarily a great place. So I, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to get too down on it yet. I'm super, super excited. Um, I mean, the X-Files is coming back. It really is, like, the year 2000. As someone I, keeps saying, and I love the six episode format. I love contained storytelling because I think you have you putting constraints on things makes you be more creative and um, economical about what you're writing. I yep. think yes. so. I'm really excited to see. Well, how that I think out. if you look at Fox's, I'm so I am probably one of the world's biggest fans of 24. I, I love that series. I've seen <laughs> I know it that about to, you. to an embarrassing. It makes amount. so much sense actually. Knowing you, Bree, like uh, more I've gotten to know you, it makes so much sense that you would be so, such a 24 fan and let me guess who is your favorite character well of course of course well, why would you say that christine i'm curious no i just, curious. just no i mean i mean but i mean this in the best possible way but 24 like i can just totally tell that that's like your show it's it's like i love it because they get two characters and they 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 explain both characters what their motivations are and then they set the stakes so high where these two people are going to hit each other like a train and they both utterly believe in what they're doing and it's it's good drama because of that but what i was going to say is like uh, 24 was canceled and it, it season seven it was back. better but season eight was really bad and yeah. it got really bad towards mm. the end. But then it went away for a few years and it came back for, tw- you know, this is another Fox show. And it was yeah. it was half the number of ex- episodes. It was way more focused. And the time away from the characters let them kind of come back and revisit the characters. And yes. let them have this yep. kind of arc on their own. And it mm-hmm. really, it made it live another day. It was probably the second best season of 24 ever. It was a really good season. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. You're right. And I think um, with X-Files it could be the same way so i I agree i mean i think especially with chris carter being back and and being part of it i think that's crucial um the one revamp that i'm not looking forward to fox is also talking about bringing back prison break and that was a show that frankly like it was great its first season and then it just totally went off the rails so for me i'm just kind of like really like i mean as much as i like to see wentworth miller like without a shirt on i don't (laughs) i want to really go back to prison break a show that was we'll watch season one again i was gonna say exactly it was genuinely only good for one season it's kind of like nbc is is talking about bringing back heroes and it's like again uh... it was good for one year yeah and those are both shows that were i mean that was around the same time if i'm not mistaken i feel like they aren't classic enough yet to be brought back like no they're not has such a big reputation oh precisely it's just 24 right the the the, basically what's happened is that the tv networks um are scared of and Mm -hmm. they can't create new original shows that will take off i mean empire being the exception that proves the rule that they're basically just kind of like wanting to recreate past franchises yeah which i mean I guess they, if they try it and fail, then they've learned something. And no, we can't they, really lose since we get to watch TV anyway. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this know, is true. I have to and say. And then we get to throw shade at it. Go on, Brianna. No, I was just I, – I think that that argument is true for a lot of things. I think it's true for movies. And I yes, think it's yeah. true for video games. 
But I feel like with the fragmentation of, of cable in particular, I don't really buy this argument like there aren't any new stories or there aren't any new IPs. <laughs> well, like it's there, not a matter that there are any new. Right. It's not, not yeah. a matter of that. It's a matter of them being afraid to actually invest and, 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 and take the bet is what it's coming down to yeah, because right, of the fragmentation. Right. So yeah. it's like, okay, you know, if you're a struggling network, um, like NBC, for instance, and you haven't had a hit in a really long time, yeah. you start to look back to when you had hits before and try to think, can we recreate that? And can we do what movies have done and reboot something? Can we bring that back and bring viewers back somehow versus trying to get people in with real programming? And it's like, it's, to me, you know, the success of The Blacklist, the success of, of Empire proves that actually the original stuff is what is what matters that being said i do think especially for like six episodes in the case of x files or or 12 episodes you know for 24 or we haven't even talked about the one i'm most excited about over all of these which is twin peaks coming back i'm like beside myself on that um i think that for certain shows there is a valid kind of reason to, to come back and revisit them because that's something you have the opportunity to do with television that you can't really do with movies where because they're episodic in nature because you have many times years you know and, and hundreds of hours to, to tell stories to be able to come back and revisit those characters and those scenarios in a different time and in a different context to me is incredibly interesting and is something mm-hmm. that television is unique in a medium to be able to do yeah i think yeah, that's fair definitely. i think that's fair is Empire mm-hmm. good? Should I go see Empire? Uh, uh, yes. Okay. It'll be fantastic. Okay. So I've good, heard you amazing things. If you, if you haven't it. watched it, it's fantastic. It just ended, um, but you can catch all up, uh, catch up on all of it on Hulu. Seriously? Wow. I feel Great like show. people came out of the woodwork for that during the finale because I was like, oh, this looks all right. And then suddenly the finale happened and everyone was like, <gasps> oh, my God. So well, it was it one clearly, of those amazing shows yeah. where, like, the ratings grew week after week after week after week after week. And this nice. is talking about, you know, for demographic that, frankly, you know, like shows, you know, aimed at African-American audiences typically mm-hmm. don't do that well. And it was the cultural freaking phenomenon. Like, amazing. Nice. Hmm. Well, that makes me super happy. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Cool. So do we so, want to talk about what we're doing this week? Yeah, what are you up to, Brianna? <laughs> Let me look at my calendar. So I am in. Yeah. I am in. Actually, let's not talk about what you're doing. <laughs> I am in town for 30 more hours, and then I'm heading out to two colleges, and then I'm back for like two days, and then I'm heading back out again. So I that am is... speaking at a lot of colleges. So. That's what that I'm is up the most to. I, or it's awesome, but it's also well, sad. It's, the, the 30 hour thing. Well, no, no, no. I mean, it's you know, it's it's a good gig in the sense that it's it's funny to me because I was the world's worst student. Like this is a really true story <laughs> about me. Every time I would get to college, I would get really excited about side projects that I would do. Um like, mm-hmm. for instance, um, oh, I, don't, I don't even want to get into it. Like, my animation company. My animation company came because I started up a comic strip while I was in college. And I spent so much time doing a comic strip that I, like, my grades completely blew that semester. And I got a bunch <laughs> of Fs. So my <laughs> grades were awful. But because my grades were so awful, it was because I was off doing all this stuff, which is why I have a successful career now, which is yeah. why they're bringing me back to colleges to like talk which to students. Which is why Lynda.com is important. Right. right, right. But <laughs> exactly. It's, it's just ironic to me. So I'm doing yeah. that. Um, I hope to have a really big piece coming out very soon for uh, one of the major video game sites. So pay attention to that. And oh, man, I, I cannot talk about this on the show. But I was telling you guys about we've had some huge news at Giant Space Cap this week. That's going to be we're going to be able to announce it soon. It's very exciting. So exciting. Yay. Christina, what are you up to this week? 
Uh, well, as we're recording this, I am um, hours away from leaving to go to Washington, D.C. to see Bob's Burgers live. Yay! <laughs> yes. which, uh, which I think I mentioned last week. I'm so excited about that. So that's going to kind of take up two days of my week. And that's basically like my biggest highlight. And then I'm writing a couple of things about um, the Apple Watch and upgradability and, and some nice. other random stuff. And, you know, just, just same old mm-hmm. usual stuff. But the big thing, my, my big thing this week, and I will give a full rundown next week, is that I'm going to see Bob's Burgers live. And it's costing me a ridiculous amount of money to go to Washington, D.C. on Amtrak and then stay in a hotel overnight to, to do this. It's ridiculous, but it's so worth it. So happy birthday <laughs> to my wonderful husband, Grant. Baby, Aww. I love you. And this is what we're doing. He's nice. taking me to see Taylor Swift for my birthday, um, and, and I'm taking him to see Bob's Burgers for his. So it's Aww. great. Oh, my heart just skipped a beat. I can't Mine believe too. we're going to see Taylor Swift. Please tell her I that. I know. Uh, <laughs> like, how, bring a sign that says – like my email address and be Simone's best friend. <laughs> I'm maybe so, a picture I'm so, of me. I'm so far back that I, no one will be able to see it, but I will. I will. I will scream it into the. She'll see it. She's you. Taylor Swift. Come on, this give her true. some credit. So can Photoshop I... my head onto Carly Kloss, the picture of her with Carly Kloss. <gasps> oh my god, that's that. my desktop background. <gasps> so one the of... one with my head on it. Yes. <laughs> no. 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 The one with your head on it. <laughs> I was, I was just going to say, Simone, like, one of the IPs that Giant Space Cat, like, dreams of doing, and I've been mm-hmm. working on this politically for so long over at Sega's to get Space Channel 5, and, like, the question is, who takes over for Space Michael? And I think at this point, it's either uh, Space Lady Gaga or <gasps> Space Taylor Swift. Oh, my gosh. And, oh, my gosh. I mean, Space come Taylor on. Swift. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. Would that oh not God. be perfect? Would that oh, not be perfect? That's beautiful. Ugh. So good. Space Taylor Swift all the way. I would I would just die to bring her into the studio for a day. Like, Please. just read these four lines and we'll make it work. Like, we'll make it you. Hire me so as your pain. assistant call for us. that day. Pain. Call us. Right. There we go. <laughs> True all right. Pain well, is her social media person and she's awesome. So she should totally, like, call us. Yeah, do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Shout out. I'm going to Emerald City Comic Con this weekend with Pixelkin. I will be tabling and I will be doing two panels. Um, if you are in Seattle and you're coming to Emerald City, one is on Friday. We're talking about um, stuff we love to hate, so problematic media, which is my jam. And I'll be talking about <laughs> Catherine and um, oh, oh my oh. gosh, I forgot. Oh, Bioshock Infinite, duh, my dead horse that I love to beat. Can I tell you, Catherine is a game that really tears me because I loved Catherine, but I hate Catherine at the same time. It's Ooh. like if I can turn off the feminist part of my brain, I enjoy Catherine because I think it's a good game and it's well told. But oh we my can, God. we should talk about this sometime yes. because I, I lit, I could talk about Catherine for probably the rest of my life. I, I love that game and parts of it, like you said, parts of it just are like ah, kill me now. But I think it's incredible yeah. overall, and yeah. I have a lot of feelings about it. Yeah. Right, cool. um, and then the other panel is a Pixelkin panel, and it's about making games with kids. And we'll have the people from Roblox and Project Spark and Coder Dojo there, to, um, and I'll be asking them questions about how to get kids into game design. So Cool. Saturating the game design world with my little liberal-minded <laughs> minions. That's not what I'll be doing. No. Clever diversity right. into game design. No, obviously not. Anyway... Brianna, where can we find you online? Space Cat Gal on the wow. Twitter machine. Yes. Amazing. Christina, Amazing. where can we find you online? You can find me at uh, film underscore girl on the Twitters and mashable.com slash people slash Christina. Heck yeah. And you can find me at um, simonderochefort.com. I almost said pixelkin.org. I do own simonderochefort.com, but there's nothing for there. You. Yeah, thank you. And at Doom Quasar on Twitter. Thank you. 